powered by passion. It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care. Today, I'm being joined by Kobe Mavrolis, VP of Profit Participation Programs for National Auto Care. Kobe, welcome to Fix Ops 5. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, man. I'm super excited to talk about this. This is something in that we've never talked about before. And I can't wait to get your high-level overview and have you teach us some things about reinsurance. What is reinsurance? But before we get into this topic, can you tell our listeners who you are and what got you to this point in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So, Again, as you said, my name's Kobe Mavrolis. I'm the vice president of profit participation or reinsurance positions uh, with National Auto Care. I've been doing this with this group for coming on two and a half years now. I've loved every minute of it. Um, you know, prior to that, I was the national reinsurance executive with uh, Zurich um, and handled the Western United States um, and was with them for a better part of a decade. And before that, I was in the car business, selling cars and and doing F and I, and you know, desking desking deals and everything that you do on the on the front end of car deals. And before that, I was playing baseball. So that's uh, I've come a long way from where I started to where I'm at now. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the difference. Uh, you know, hit, hitting baseballs and then uh, and then selling cars, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, let's jump right into this topic about reinsurance. Tell us the history of reinsurance and why it's important to the dealership. Yeah. So, I mean, reinsurance, it's been around for a long time, right? Um, if you really go back to the, the beginning of it, um, it was just a way for dealers to participate in the underwriting profit. Now, it's it's obviously expanded and, and grown from there. But if you think about a service contract, customer pays for it. The money gets submitted to a company who administers the claims. Uh, what reinsurance is, is the, the ability for those dollars to flow into a, a company owned by the dealer, um, and they pay the claims from that company and whatever's left over, that's their profit um, of the reinsurance. Now, as it is in the name, reinsurance means the reinsuring the insurance product, right? So there's risk associated with all of these contracts um, and every single one of them is different. So there's premium set aside for the different types of contracts, the different lengths of contracts. And over time, as claims come in, those dollars are paid out. Um, and as a dealer, you hope that there's less dollars paid out than what goes in. Um, and, you know, you're left with with whatever's left over. So that's just kind of in a, in a broad sense. That's what reinsurance is. That's really a high level overview. I like I like that. So it's it's really setting the dealer up to be more successful and, and having him have some what we call skin in the game of, of this pro- of having these products. Right. Absolutely. Do you find that some dealerships don't have their own reinsurance or don't don't participate in anything like this? Well, more and more, um, it's becoming rarer that they don't, right? That they're in some type of, of profit participation. Um, I think the ones that you really see that are still a little bit standoffish to the idea are people that maybe got burned in the past, right? So before, you know, when it first kind of got started, um, there's a difference between what's called dealer obligor an admin obligor, right? Dealer obligor means the dealer takes on all the risk um, personally and at the dealership level. If they if they run out of money, then they have to start personally paying for those claims, right? There's still some programs like that that are out there. Um, 
not very popular for, you know, really for that reason, right? There's a lot of risk personally to the dealer and the dealership's finances um, that could put you out of business. So, dealers that got burned in those situations are really skittish because they think, hey, it could happen again. Whereas nowadays, you know, with an admin obligor program, there's still risk. Obviously, there's risk that's involved with that. But it's a lot more, um, it's watched a lot closer. Um, it's a lot more regulated nowadays where you can't just pull funds from the program until until you're at a position where, you know, you have surpluses available and things like that. So, yeah, every now and then we run across one. But for the most part, nowadays, the dealers are participating in, in some type of program. Okay. Um, my next question is, how, how is the fixed operations department affected by reinsurance? That's a great question, right? So typically you don't think about um, reinsurance having any bearing on fixed at all, but um, it, it actually cross-pollinate in quite a few areas, right? So first and foremost, um, with how you get paid, okay? So you think about how a dealer gets paid just from, say, a manufacturer's warranty, right? You've got a set warranty rate. Um, it's typically less than what your door rate is. Um, you know, there can there can be different hoops that you got to run through, such as having to hold on to the parts after the claim is done. Just a lot of different things that that you have to do in order to satisfy the manufacturer on those claims, right? With reinsurance, uh, the dealer or the dealer group or whoever owns that reinsurance company, they get to set those rates, right? So um, if, if they want to pay you door rate, then they pay you door rate. If they want to pay you more than warranty rate, but it's, you know, a happy medium between the two, uh, the dealer gets the opportunity to set those rates um, to make sure that they're taking care of the people in service, but at the same time, making sure that their reinsurance is profitable. Same thing with parts, right? Um, typically with a reinsurance position, you're, you're paying retail for parts. Um, parts guys love it, you know, guys in, in, uh, in fixed love it because you, you pay retail for parts, you're making more money in the fixed side. Um, so just from a, from a cost and a pricing standpoint, it's typically better, um, with reinsurance that it is either with a direct program, which is going to try and pay you as little as possible, because if the dealer is not participating in that, um, you know, the administrator of those contracts, they want to keep the claims as low as possible so they could keep the profits, right? So that, from that side, you, you've got those ways that it affects it. But then on the, on the, on the flip side, whenever claims come in, um, if a dealer owns those positions, you know, those contracts that come in and it, maybe it's a gray area on a contract um, that is denied because it, by the language of the law, it's, it's a denied claim. When it's a reinsurance position, the dealer has the ability to step in and make decisions um, on what gets paid and, and how we work through those processes. It's all designed to take care of the customer. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas, if it's if it's a manufacturer's deal, the, you, typically the manufacturer doesn't care, right? right? If the language of the law says it's not a covered component, if you want to pay it from the dealership, that's great, but we're not covering it because the contract says we're not covering it. So, a lot of different ways that that it can affect fixed um, that you really don't think about whenever you think about reinsurance, right? It's always thought about from F and I and or sales, but they they all they all integrate, you know, pretty well together. Now, I've worked in a dealership where. Um, the dealership had their own warranty and paid way less than my door rate, paid less than retail on parts, and nobody liked it, right? Because, you know, obviously I got paid commission off right. my labor sales. So, of course, when my effective labor rate was changed, that brought me down getting, you know, getting the most money that I could make, right? right. Um, so I like the, the avenue that you talked about where, you know, if the dealer wants to set it, 
right? And be have it be your door rate and, and pay all that. That's that's great. And then on the flip side of that, we've been talking about customer retention in this podcast since its inception, right? Retention. How do we retain that customer? How great is it? How powerful is it for a dealership to say, we have our own insurance reinsurance company. I, it's not a covered component, but we're still going to take care of you because you're a great customer. What an impact that is, right? To, to have that, to say that to a customer, right? And you wouldn't have that, that ability if you didn't have this reinsurance program. Is that something that you talk about when you talk to dealers about um, doing these programs? Well, yeah, hundred percent. You know, just just to kind of clarify, a dealer always has the ability to cover a claim, right? If so, to to take care of a customer, they have the ability to step in and say, "Listen, we're going to pay that claim. You're going to be taken care of as the customer." So, you know, because you're important to us, and I think that's important that dealers do that because the name of the game now, in all aspects, is is customer service, right? Whether we like it or not, no matter how bad we may be treated on our end. The customer has to be taken care of because none of us have jobs without customers, right? So it has to be taken care of. But the, you know, what reinsurance allows and really where it helps fixed is a lot of times if somebody comes in, it's not covered and the dealer says, I want to cover it. The guys in, on the, on the drive are not happy, right? Because that means those dollars are now coming out of what they've made for the month. Um, you know, so the service manager is taking a pay hit for that. The service drive is taking a pay hit for that, you know, and it trickles downhill from there. When it have a reinsurance position and the dealer says, look, I want it taken care of. It's an important customer for us. If that money's coming now from the reinsurance company, the guys on the drive are not being affected, right? So it, it's, it's very important. Now, it's also important as a team that we don't abuse it, right? Because right. You, you see these things that start to happen. And, and one of the things that we do with our dealers on a quarterly basis is monitor the claims that are coming in and the frequency and, and seeing, Hey, do we have somebody in the service department who's figured out a way to kind of eat away at some of these reserves by sticking an additional, you know, covered component in there that they know is not going to generate, you know, somebody coming in for an inspection, but they can get paid. And it's a team atmosphere, right? That's what I, that's what I always tell dealers. You have to look at this as, as a big team, right? The dealer's got to be on board. The service department's got to be on board. F&I's got to be on board. Everybody's got to be on board with what we're doing because the end goal is, one, to make as much money as we can in service, right? To take care of the customer as good as we can, but also for the dealer who employs all of us to to generate as much profits as they can because when dealers are happy and they're making good money, they're taking care of everybody involved, right? Uh, It's when when things are not going well and money's not being made that, that we start running into issues in any department, it doesn't matter, right? Cuts or pay changes or all of these different things that happen, it all stems from a lack of, of revenues from a dealer's pocket, right? So the more money that we can put in a dealer's pocket, they, they, sh- they will share the wealth, you know, hopefully with everybody that's around the dealership, which is that creates a family environment, a family atmosphere, so that we're all taking care of our families and doing what we want to do and enjoying our jobs as opposed to you know, always fighting against it, trying to, trying to, you know, make sure that we can, we can make ends meet. That, that's not fun for anybody. No, I, I like what you said there. So when we do our quarterly meetings with the dealer, are we also doing training with each individual department to talk to them about, you know, different scenarios or walk them through role-playing? Do we, do we go out into service and, and, and talk about how to submit a claim properly? And, and do we do, do we, are we doing re- 
reviews on that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's whenever you're working with a, a high level company like National Auto Care, um, you know, you get expertise in all of these areas, right? So whenever we do come together with a dealership and form a partnership, you know, you get me to come in and sit down with the dealer and go through the reinsurance aspects and how that's performing. They get you to come in and do the service drive training to make sure people understand how to sell from there. You, you get the people in the field who come into the dealership and sit down with your service, I mean, with your sales managers and your F&I managers on how to sell more product so that we're putting more money in there to generate more opportunities. So, you know, it's, we're pretty unique that we have your aspect um, because there's not a lot of companies out there that focus on service as much as we do. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's a big feather in our cap because we've, we've identified one, the talent that you are, but then utilizing you to go out and generate additional profits for dealers as well. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I think you're absolutely right. So I've heard you speak of a one size does not fit all. What do you mean when you say that? Well, really exactly what it says. You know, when you hear reinsurance, everybody just thinks it's the exact same thing for every dealer. Everybody's program is set up the same way. And, and it really can't be further from the truth, right? There's a lot of different types of structures that are out there, whether it be, you know, a, a CFC or an NCFC or, uh, you know, a dealer-owned warranty company or, you know, all of these different types of programs that give you different advantages here and there. And really, you can't just stick a dealer in, in one program and just hope it works because at the end of the day, every dealership is different. Every dealer is different. You know, their five-year plan, their 10-year plan is different than the person that's down the street from them. So what we do is, you know, we we sit down whenever we're getting into this process and figure out, what are your goals? You know, do you want to be putting on additional stores? Do you want to be growing um, and adding locations? Or are you happy with what you got? And, you know, I want to I want to just kind of ride this deal for the next 10 years and then pass it on to my kids and, and ride off into the sunset. All of those all of those different scenarios really cause us to set up the program in different ways to maximize you know, when we get to that point in time where I say I've had enough, you know, I've dealt with the car business long enough. It's time for me to, to move on to something else that that reinsurance position is generating, you know, long term, either income for them to live off of or as a nest egg to pass on to the next generation and, you know, and help them to continue what they're doing. So that's what I mean when I say one size doesn't fit all, you know, and that's unfortunately in our industry, most of the people out there when they if they're going to a company and putting them in reinsurance, they're getting put in the exact same thing that the person down the street is, that the person five states over is with the same rates that the person, you know, on the East Coast, even though I'm in the middle of the country. And they're, they're all different scenarios, right? So it, it's important that dealers understand that because then they can turn, talk to the person that they do business with and say, hey, am I set up the right way to make sure that at the end of the day, I've got as much money as I possibly can? Yeah, because I mean, if we look at it from a human standpoint, if I understand a certain part of this reinsurance, I'm going to talk to every dealer about that. I'm, and I'm not going to offer them the other six because I don't really know them all that well. And that's where someone like you comes into play for, for National Auto Care that understands each and every single one of them and their advantages and disadvantages and asking the right questions to the dealer where someone might sit in that seat and just say, okay, we're going to put you in this, right? And that might not be the right spot for them, right? That's a gamble. You don't want to gamble your relationship with that dealer and and, and gamble their money either, right? Yeah. Well, at, at the end of the day, if you look at it just from our point of view, 
we're not we're not going out trying to find dealers to work with so that we can you know have a relationship with them for two or three years and then they find somebody else and move on right we're looking for long term we're wanting to grow with the dealers you know we want them to know our people we want to know their people we want to help them you know get to whatever whatever their dream of is in the future that's where we want to help them get to if i walk in with with a you know one box and i just try and shove every dealer into that box Maybe some of them will get there, right? But at the end of the day, most of them are going to come up short from what they're wanting to do. And it's just because we didn't do our job to make sure that we're putting them in the right situation. Yeah. Okay. You, you spoke about this earlier, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask this question. So should each employee understand that the dealer has a dealer owned service company? Oh man, that's a loaded question, Corey. Um, <laughs> In certain situations, yes. In certain situations, no, right? If you, you know, th- th- there are so many different environments within dealerships as they are. If you've got a family dealership and every salesperson and every service person in there loves the dealer, right? And they want what's best for the dealer. Then if they understand what these programs are and how they work, they're not going to abuse them, right? They're going to do everything that they can to help the dealer make every dollar that they can make because they know in turn, the dealer's going to take care of them where you run into issues is when you know, when you've got, you know, people either on the sales floor or techs in the back who know that this money is coming out of the dealer's pocket. So they're just going to try and get every single thing that they can fixed on it. Right. I sell a car and it's got an issue with a, with a radio. And I say, Hey, if you buy a service contract, come back a month from now, we'll fix it on the service contract. So you don't have to worry about paying more. Right. That's a problem. And if the if the if the salesperson knows about it being reinsurance, and that's the mindset they have, I don't want that person knowing that we have a reinsurance position, right? But at the same time, if I've got a sales manager or or, or a service manager, and I put a car through UCI, and I've got something that's you know, it's on the edge, right? But it's whatever, whatever. I'm not a techie person, right? I'm a math nerd, so I couldn't give you a scenario. But if there's something that's wrong with a vehicle, and you got a service manager who knows my dealers in reinsurance. They're going to fix that, right? To make sure they're putting a quality vehicle on the road because one, customer's going to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Two, it's not now going to go, it's not going to fall back on the reinsurance position to fix what should have been fixed anyway, right? Because at the end of the day, even if I have a service contract, if I send a customer out with something I know is wrong and they come back two months from now and we pay for it, they're still irritated that something broke in two months, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just the nature of the beast. Now they're happy they're not coming out of pocket for it. But it's, you know, everybody, again, it's that, it's that same mentality. Everybody's got to be on board with making the dealership the best possible entity that they can from the entire, you know, the entire viewpoint. Whereas when I sell a car, I stand behind it. When they come in for service, I'm going to take care of them in a timely manner and get them updates on what's going on. And then, if you know, when it comes to the contract covering what it's supposed to cover, we didn't really talk about that, but that that's a problem for a lot of dealerships, right? They they people come in with a service contract that they think is going to cover something and it doesn't. There's nothing worse, right? There's nothing worse than a dealer or a service manager dealing with a company who's trying not to pay claims as opposed to finding ways to pay everything that they can, right? Right. So I think to your point, right, understanding your as as a dealer owner, and I've never owned a dealership, but if I was a dealer owner. I would want everybody to be on the same page with me. But to your point, there are some people that have a mindset that I'm just going to take, you know, it's a one-way street. I'm going to take, 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 right? Yep. So I think how you can, you know, 
alleviate that sort of is, is doing a third party survey to your employees to kind of uncover some of that. Can I tell them as a broad spectrum or do I just tell my high level managers and leadership, right? So each department head would know the, the secret sauce, right? Those the, it's a fine line. And that's why I really wanted to ask that question because as a service advisor, right? When I was doing my role, I understood what the goal was for our, our, our service contract company. And I did everything I could to make sure that we maximized it to the point where we're taking care of the customer, but it's not, it's not leaving us um, overextended, right? Even as a manager, I did the same thing. If it was questionable and I could keep it in, in-house, internalize it and, and, and have it hit my, my P&L, then that's what I did. Um, but there aren't a lot of people in the broad spectrum of dealerships that, that think like that either. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think it's important. It's an important conversation to have with every dealer, right? Who do you want to know? Um, what do you want them to know? Right. And then once you have that kind of inner circle, you make sure that everybody is up to speed and trained on exactly what we have and how they work so that we can, you know, as a group, maintain this thing and structure it and, and make it function the way that it's designed so that at the end of the day, everybody's happy, right? That's the goal. Yeah. And then you brought up a, another point. I, I don't think you did it on purpose, but the, I think your term was bumper to bumper, right? We, we need to train everyone to stop talking about bumper to bumper, right? The, the, the coverage is, is either stated or it's listed, right, uh, of, of what's covered under the vehicle. And so many times salesperson will say, oh, this is bumper to bumper coverage, right? And the finance manager will talk to you about that in five minutes, right? Right. So, yeah. Get- well, you, I mean, I, I don't know if you ever sold cars, but the first thing that you're taught from an F&I person is they tell you bumper to bumper, but the first two things that are not covered are the bumpers, right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the saying. That, that's, at least it was when I was, I was selling cars. That was a long time ago. But, yeah, I mean, it's what we hope and, and the product that should be sold most of the time is exclusionary coverage, right? It lists the things that are not covered. If it's not in that list, then everything else is covered. Because at that point, that's one, it's the best coverage that's out there. It's what the customer deserves for the dollars that they're paying. Um, that's what most customers think that they're getting most of the time. Um, even if you tell them it's stated component, that, that they're not, they don't know what that means, right? Stated component to me means I'm getting a, a warranty or a service contract that's going to cover everything. So yeah. if I can sell them something that's the highest quality, then that's going to alleviate the, the pains in the future. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, Kobe, we're right up against time. So I, I, I like to wrap this up in a, in a little bow. What are your three takeaways from this episode in your mind that a service advisor listening or an agent or someone at the leadership team at the dealership can take away from this episode? Well, first and foremost, reinsurance is good, right? It's not a bad thing, right? It's, you know, regardless of what your past history may be, it's a really good thing for dealers. And if they're not doing it right now, they probably should be, right? Because if they're not making money on those reserve dollars, somebody is, uh, I would just assume it'd be the dealer as opposed to, you know, whoever it is right now, right? Um, So that would be number one. Number two, most service managers that I talk to, um, if, especially whenever they're used to dealing with like a manufacturer, they think that reinsurance is going to cost them money, right? It, it can actually increase the dollars that you make um, if it's set up right and if it's, if it's managed right, right? Um, 
what we pride ourselves on, especially on the national auto care is when you call us, you know, we're going to pick up the phone in 15, 20 seconds. It's not going to be an hour wait time. Like you get with some, you know, little no name administrator down the road, right? We're, we're actively trying to make it as easy as possible for the service department. Um, so that would be two, right? You can actually make more money as, as opposed to costing you money. And then, and then three is what you talked about. Really, one size does not fit all, right? It, just because you hear reinsurance, that word, that, that doesn't mean that if the last dealer that you worked on that had reinsurance, it's the exact same way, right? Every program is different. Every every administrator, every insurance company is different. So just keep an open mind um, and just know that for the most part, as long as you're working with a quality company who's got quality people, that you're going to be in a good position. Um, but just try and educate yourself and learn as much as you can uh, so you understand how it works and, and what the uses are. So that's what I would say. I love that. Thanks for sharing those. You bet. If you want to deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps the customer coming back to you and encouraging them to invite their friends, their family into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. Do you want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level of customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership? We provide the tools, knowledge, and training needed to unlock that potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and others, or to submit a question or to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email, csmith at nationalautocare.com. Kobe, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for dropping knowledge on reinsurance. And I'll ask this question like I ask every guest. Will you please come back? You bet, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith, powered by Passion. Be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month. 